This podcast is brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Have you yourself ever wanted to become a podcaster? Well, Spotify makes it simple and easy to do so. You can record, edit, and even distribute your podcast straight from their app. The best part? It is absolutely 100% free. Visit their website, podcasters.spotify.com, for more details and download the app on your Apple or Android devices today to get started on your podcasting adventure. That's Spotify for Podcasters. What is going on, everybody? Travis Fowler, Hark Rider, back once again with another edition of the Four Corner Podcast. So you know what that means. It's time to talk about wrestling. And this week had some interesting tidbits to it. And the first thing I want to talk about, believe it or not, is not the WrestleMania situation that we have seemingly come upon now over this last week. We already know how things transpired last week when we all were duped, and I do mean duped, so we'll jump into what that means later on, but I do think this is something that has been kind of a trail along situation that WWE had put us on, and now that they could see exactly how the fans are responding to everything, I think we have a little bit clearer of an indication of what's to come, but... I truly don't think anybody outside of the writing team, the creative minds behind what we're going to see unfold for WrestleMania, I don't think anybody outside of whatever that little group is, because I'm sure it's a very small select group, uh, I don't think we know a tenth of what's to come. And I think that's the best part of this whole thing is that You've seen dirt sheet writers all jump in saying that they have some kind of inside source knowing what's going on, and yet it seems like every time one of these reports comes out, it's like, oh, wait a minute, no, that's not what ended up happening. Now we're going another route. Oh, well, they pivoted because of this. No, I don't think really anybody's pivoting. I really genuinely believe just nobody knows what's going to happen, and it drives some people crazy, while others, like myself, harken back to the childhood, because this is exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm in my childhood all over again. I'm excited every single week. The build-up to WrestleMania is actually still very much an exciting thing, Um, and this past week was no exception. We'll jump into details in a minute, but the reason I said I wanted to put that on hold was because of the shocking announcement that was made earlier this past week that one Scott Demore. The man who I and many others single-handedly give the credit for to revitalizing the interest in what was once Impact Wrestling, now reverted back to its original three letters of distinction, TNA. This man who took a brand that was essentially dead in a water. Because that's what it was, whether anybody would want to admit that or not. Nobody was interested in Impact. Nobody was talking about TNA. Nobody was doing any of that except in the historical sense of like, oh, you remember when TNA was this good? You remember when TNA did that or this or whatever the case? That's all that people would talk about. And slowly, 
over the last couple of years, maybe even three to four, I have come on here several times, even back when we were doing Best Wrestling Show of the Week, and I used to brag that if you were not watching Impact Wrestling, you really needed to, because it was feeling like a great combination of storytelling with high-intensity action that you would see more so on AEW than WWE, but the storytelling aspects of it was very much WWE-esque, and it was like a great combination of the two companies that were the forefront of professional wrestling, but yet, slowly in the background, you would hear rumblings of TNA and Impact and people going over there, and of course, we saw what Trinity did during her time away from WWE. Obviously, she's come back as Naomi, but... She had a great run, and I think it was a rejuvenation for her own career. And as we saw this past month in January, we saw the rebirth of the TNA name, which I think went a long way, a lot farther than what some would guesstimate, to bringing interest back to the product. They were having gates that were selling out and then having to add seats so that they could accommodate the demand to see the product. TNA was on a great path. And the reason I talk all in past tense leading up to this point is because the shocking announcement of the firing of Scott Demore, the man who I started off saying was single-handedly responsible, and many others feel the same way, was let go by Anthem Corporations so that they could input a new president, and I'll be honest, I don't remember the guy's name because I was just so at awe with the fact that they let go of the guy who actually was bringing notoriety to a brand that nobody cared about. And you got rid of him. Now, reports circulate this past week that Anthem decided to let Scott Demore go based on the fact that they felt their vision for the product along with his vision for the product did not coincide with each other. And when you have a situation like that, you're really always going to end up on the losing end if you're the one that's fighting for one direction but doesn't have necessarily the stroke to back it up. No pun intended with Jeff Jarrett. No offense to Scott Demore either. But that's what it came down to, is that finally, now that Scott Demore had turned this into a product worthwhile, now Anthem wanted to be more involved in it. And there had been reports made over the last couple of weeks that Scott Demore had actually come to Anthem Corporations with what they had listed as a substantial and serious offer that was taken into consideration to buy out TNA from Anthem. That way Scott Demore would have actually been the sole owner. He went as far as to having a bank, a big time bank as reported, backing him financially so that he could make this purchase and this offer to Anthem to take the product away from them and be the sole owner of the TNA brand and name and take the company moving forward. Unfortunately, Anthem decided not to accept the offer and when that happened, as most reports have stated, that put Scott Demore's job on a ticking time clock. And it wasn't anything that he wasn't expecting, according to some reports stating that when you make an offer like that, you know that your time is limited at that point because you've directly gone against the people and tried to buy out the company that you're not in charge of when it comes to owning, but when it comes to creative. And if you don't trust those superior people over you in your company that owns the 
product that you're trying to revitalize, then you already know that you're basically just waiting for the call. And that's essentially what happened. Even though we, as people who were very much on the outside and had no knowledge of what had been going on, it was a shock to us as well as people who work and signed with TNA, many of whom re-signed with TNA because they trusted and respected Scott Demore so much, they were shocked by the news. I was shocked by the news. Almost the entire wrestling world that's shown any bit of semblance of interest in TNA over the last month or so, they were shocked by this because this was the man who took TNA and put it back on the map and made it worthwhile of watching. And now you just got rid of him? I don't think that was a smart move, especially if you're bringing in somebody who has no knowledge of the product whatsoever, which is to say that he doesn't have knowledge. Whoever this gentleman is, I believe his name is Andrew something, and if not, I'm completely wrong. Sorry about that. But we don't know if he has any knowledge of the product or not. He may have at least a top layer of knowledge, meaning, well, this is the company I work for, so I need to familiarize myself with the product, but is he a wrestling fan? And I know some people think that that's a detriment when you get into that side of the business, but when you have the right minds on the, uh, I guess we should say, on the opposite end of the camera lens and working behind the scenes, as long as you've got the right people in charge, it really is a good thing when you have somebody who is either in the wrestling business or is familiar with the wrestling business to come in and run the company because at least you know they have respect for the business. They understand at least somewhat of the inner workings and how wrestling is not like any other form of entertainment. It's a lot of egos to deal with. Whether or not this guy that's taking over can handle that, it remains to be seen. But I feel much like some others feel that this momentum that TNA had built up over the last month had just been flushed down the toilet. And I hate even saying that because, again, as somebody who over the last few years had been really investing time into TNA and enjoying uh, my, I guess, uh, renaissance is how I could put it, my fandomonium for TNA, I'm very disappointed in this, and I hope, I hope nothing but the best for them going forward. It's just really iffy as to what exactly is going to happen next with TNA. Now, outside of all that, I think we can now revert back to the WWE, because while we did get some clarification on the AEW side as to what's going on at Revolution, you know what? Why don't we wait one more time? Because it did occur to me to talk about AEW a little bit. This week's episode of Dynamite was actually a lot of fun. And it established the main event we're going to get for Revolution, which is also Sting's last match in Greensboro. And maybe that isn't the main event. Maybe Sting is the main event. I don't know. We'll see. But we got two things clarified for that show. One... The triple threat match, the three-way, as they're also referring it to, between Samoa Joe, the AEW champion, and Hangman Adam Page, and Swerve Strickland. That is going to be a very, very fun three-way, I believe, with those three individuals. Especially with Strickland and Hangman putting on the match that they did this past Wednesday that went 30 
minutes to a draw which is what set up the match at revolution i actually really enjoyed that i personally think that was the right move to make um, if you weren't going to do one-on-one it was a great storytelling technique to get to this point and i think they did it flawlessly um Add to the fact that the main event was the Tornado Tag Match with Big Bill and Ricky Starks, who I never really felt was like a viable team. Not to say that they're bad. Neither one of them are bad in-ring workers. I just wasn't really invested in their team. But they took on the the team of Darby Allin and Sting, who has been basically undefeated in AEW Tag Team ranks. But there is a story that came out about this. We saw Sting and Darby become tag team champions and essentially set up for what will be the Young Bucks versus Allen and Sting for the tag titles at Sting's last match in Revolution. Now, there was some backstage talks that Sting was very adamant that he did not want to compete for the tag titles. And the fact that this was even a discussion point is something that he was not really comfortable with. Apparently, and again according to the reports that you see, he, Sting, did not want to win a single title in his TNA run, which is admirable in one sense, because him being the veteran, he didn't want to take away title opportunities from the people that are coming up, or the people that may be doing work that are much stellar than his. Not to say that he isn't doing his share, but as a wrestler, you do understand that there are sometimes certain acts or characters that are much stronger than your own. And when you can put your ego aside and realize that for the best of the company, you need to put more of a focal point on those characters, plus any new talent that might show promise coming up, you want to put them first because that's the future. That's who's carrying it on. Guys like Sting, they're a rare breed. They're a rare breed of guys that understand you have to have the future stars in the spotlight more so than the past. You can keep them in the foreground, those being the past superstars, but don't make them your focal point all the time, especially when you're a company like AEW who is trying to establish more of future stars and a bigger foothold as being the future of professional wrestling. So you have to admire Sting to have that kind of mentality. Now, though, as we've seen, it's going to be the Bucks more than likely taking on Allen and Sting, and it should be a fun match, as Sting has always liked the Bucks, as reports have said, and actually wanted to work with them. So, on one end, while he may not be happy being tag team champions in the match, he's taking on two guys that he personally had selected since he doesn't want to do singles matches anymore, and I also think that's another admirable quality of Sting, and it should be a fun match at Revolution either way. So, whether or not Sting wanted to be tag champions or not, I think is a moot point now, clearly. But it still makes for a fun matchup that we'll have for Sting's last match. And I look forward to seeing what they pull out for this. Will they do a Ric Flair heel turn? Most, like myself, tend to think that that's on the horizon. So I guess we'll only see in time, but we ain't got much longer to wait because Revolution is less than a month away. So it's really exciting to see what they're going to do with this story moving forward. Now, 
that we can put the AEW stuff aside that was actually very interesting this week. Let's get into the WWE aspect because there's been a whole lot of chatter about what has gone on. Was this planned? Did they need to pivot? Oh, they did pivot, but did they really? No, they just listened to fans and blah, 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 blah. That's pretty much how this whole week is gone. So it's only appropriate that we run down some of the things that we know or at least some of the things that have been reported according to the plans for WrestleMania. Obviously, last week there was a big uproar over The Rock coming back and seemingly taking Cody Rhodes' spot in the main event of WrestleMania. I was in the Cody camp, not the quote-unquote Cody crybabies as he would later call him, he being The Rock. Um, I was on the camp of you've spent two years building Cody up as being the guy and he has done tremendously well making himself that face that really is now a once in a generation type of face because the only other person that's ever had this kind of success uh, in the WWE since was John Cena. He was the only one who got over as being the perennial baby face, but this new version of Cody's babyface isn't just a, you know, I'm going to be this tough guy and I'm super this, super that or whatever. He feels like a very real person that people can get behind. And his story of legacy and lineage actually registers with people, especially if you're a true blued and tied wrestling fan that's been a fan of this form of entertainment for so many years. Like I'm talking decades like myself. I'm coming up on my 30th year of being a pro wrestling fan, which is insane for me to think even just to think that I've spent 30 years of my life enjoying this form of entertainment is wild to me but that's the kind of baby face that Cody Rhodes has been built to be and now after what happened last year with the cheap ending of Solo Sokoa costing Rhodes the title you spent this last year building up a comeback story, making him go through all these adversities to get here, and then you ripped it away with The Rock. A lot of people weren't fans of that. That's why I was on the Cody bandwagon. I still want to see Rock versus Roman, which is what I think some people lose sight of, is I don't think most of the people that want to see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, I don't think they were opposed to The Rock versus Roman. It was the timing of when it happened. And now that we've got more clarity, I think I've laid out an idea of where I think it's going to go. But again, disclosure, I have no idea, and I don't think anybody does. This is purely speculate, speculation, easy for me to say. Um, and I really think we're in for a fun, fun road to WrestleMania. And as we saw at the WrestleMania presser, Cody Rhodes officially selected The Rock. And immediately... <laughs> I said The Rock. You see, this is what he does. This is what the, the People's Champion has done. He's got us all wrapped up and confused. This bloodline, there's too many of them. Anyway, Cody Rhodes officially selected Roman Reigns and the WWE Undisputed Universal title match to be the main event for WrestleMania 40, to which we saw a little bit of jawjacking between Roman and Cody, and then that provoked The Rock to come in and say, you talk about my family or you're talking about his family, that is my family, and it just erupted into this situation where it looks like uh, The Rock is siding with the bloodline. And some may be disappointed in that. 
I can understand, but I think this is the long game. Because even Rock has been saying all week long, long game, long game, long game. And when you hear that, I think that means we're going to get more of The Rock than just this one-off WrestleMania. But I've seen a lot of people complain because they were like, they want Rock versus Roman. Don't worry, you're still going to get that, whether it's next year or whether I think it could still be this year, depending on what they do and depending on how this story plays out. So there's a part of me also that thinks, based on what we saw on Friday, that there is a possibility we could even see Triple H come out of retirement. And while that may be unlikely due to his health reasons, I don't think it's out of the complete realm of possibility. So this is how I can see things going forward uh, from here until WrestleMania. This is just a guess. Whether or not it goes this route, we don't know. But I believe, like most people, Elimination Chamber is going to have a good big time main event for Perth, Australia. And I'm not talking about Rhea Ripley or the two chamber matches, but given what we saw at the presser on Thursday, we saw The Rock and Roman seemingly join forces. Seth came to the defense, which I know some people have said that Seth Rollins looks like a completely weak paper champion, but not really, because this isn't about Seth. And anybody that thinks that they made Seth look terrible, no, Seth was trying to coax somebody that he feels like he still needs to prove something to and just prove more so to himself than anybody else that he could beat Cody Rhodes, who is the face of the company, whether he has a title or not. So Seth was still very important. He just wasn't the match that we wanted for Cody. And I think that was plainly obvious from the start. Now, though, most people have seen it due to the unfortunate circumstances with CM Punk. The Drew McIntyre story is right there, and it's good. It's a very good, compelling story still. Is it like the one we would have gotten with Punk and Rollins? No, but we still have that in our back pocket that can always be saved for next year as well. But Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins still is a lot of fun. And you can use the same story and premise that they were wanting to use with Rollins and Rhodes. You can use that right here, only it does go to the challenger being Drew McIntyre. McIntyre hasn't been able to defeat Rollins. Will his, I think, third time be the charm? We don't know. But that's what makes it intriguing. So I do think we will see Drew and Seth at WrestleMania. But at Elimination Chamber, I think we're going to see a dynamic tag match of The Rock and Roman Reigns versus Cody and Seth. And I believe this is where we can start seeing some other things unfold, namely between The Rock and Roman. You start planting seeds of disparity between those two, which we had already seen prior leading up to The Rock coming back on SmackDown last week. You can start planting those seeds of doubt again amongst the two of them. And depending on who you want to be face or heel, you can really make it to your benefit. And I really think they want to make The Rock a face again. There's ways you can do that. Ultimately, I see The Rock and Roman Reigns still happening at this year's WrestleMania as part of a two-night main event where you get Rock and Roman still on the first night and then you get Cody and Roman on night two. 
And I think it starts at the chamber. You'll see seeds of doubt planted, if not completely shot off to where they are against each other after Mania. And then if it's not there, I could always see them pushing the Rock and Roman since Rock has talked long game here. Why not wait till next year? And instead, with the way that we saw Triple H interacting, why couldn't we potentially see one final match from the game? I know he's had heart conditions. I know it's been almost two years since we saw him come out at the beginning of night two of WrestleMania 38. I was there, saw it firsthand when he left his boots in the ring. And I know a lot of people like myself are very disappointed in the fact that Triple H wasn't able to end his career on his own terms, which is what every pro wrestler should have the ability to do, but we know not everybody does. He might be one that ends up in the books as not being able to do it, but maybe there's a way that you can. Both guys, Rock and Triple H, have worked with each other numerous times, dating all the way back to their minuscule beginnings with each other in 1997. I'm sure that these two, no matter what reports say of like, oh, Triple H was able to steer Rock in this creative direction, so they decided to go this route, yada, yada, yada. I don't think any of that is true either. I think... Everybody that's involved in this knows exactly what they're doing, and at this point, we should all enjoy the ride. Even here, me speculating of what's going to happen going forward is just that. It's speculation. There is no concrete evidence to anything I am saying is going to happen, and that's the best part. I have no idea of what's going to happen. I don't even have a slight indicator of what's going to happen. And that's what makes all of this so much fun. And I am so glad to be having these feelings again as a fan. Makes me excited every single week. But I do think there is a chance we could see Triple H have his final match. And why not it be against The Rock? And it's no big deal if he were to take the fall. Because as tradition goes for most wrestlers too, as they'll tell you, most old school guys, you always want to go out looking up at the sky, looking up at the lights as the old saying goes, because whatever you've done in your career, the ideal situation is to build yourself to the point where whoever retires you can use that as their claim, much to like Baron Corbin does with Kurt Angle. You want to kind of do that for a younger guy. In this case, though, with Triple H's health, I think it's acceptable that you don't need to do that with another new guy, if you will. Instead, go with a guy who's experienced, somebody who can help work around your limitations. And I think that's what makes it so possible. But only time will tell. And I am so looking forward to seeing how the rest of this road to WrestleMania plays out. I again think at Elimination Chamber, like some, we're going to see a tag team match of Rhodes and Rollins against Reigns and Rock. That will then lead to WrestleMania where we will see Rollins and McIntyre face off of the world title. You'll see, I fully believe, Rock and Roman on night one and Cody and Roman on night two. But if not, I can't wait to see what they do because this again... Just my thoughts could totally be wrong, and I don't even care if I am. It's going to be a lot of fun, and all I can think to say from this point now is let's buckle up because we're in for an exciting ride on this road to WrestleMania. Guys, that's all I got for you this week. Tell me what you think about the road to WrestleMania. What do you want to see, and what do you think is going to happen? Sound off in those comments down below. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and that you like and share all of our content around. And if you haven't hit that bell notification yet to let you know when we upload a video to the channel, I don't know why you're waiting. 
It's the best way to support the channel and you get notified when a new episode is uploaded or maybe an interview or a call along or whatever the video may be. Also, make sure you're following us on the other social media platforms, Facebook, X, and Instagram. You can follow me personally over on X at Travis underscore 4CP. And I will be back next week, as always, to talk more pro wrestling. But until that time, enjoy the week ahead and always continue to love pro wrestling.